Let's take a quick break and hear from today's show sponsor. Are you struggling to close deals? Cold outreach can be a slow and brutal process. And in many scenarios, it's just wasting the time of both the buyer and the seller, especially when business owners who are trying to find qualified buyers are using inaccurate and outdated data. But it doesn't have to be this way. With LinkedIn Sales Navigator, your organization can overcome these challenges by leveraging this amazing technology and platform that translates comprehensive, high-quality buyer data into real-time insights and sales. These deeper insights empower sales reps and teams to adopt the habits of top performers, which leads to much better outcomes like building a bigger pipeline with real customers leading to higher win rates and conversions, and of course, larger deals and paydays all around. We call this Deep Sales, and LinkedIn has built the first Deep Sales platform with the next generation of LinkedIn Sales Navigator. Right now, our Millionaire Mindcast family has an amazing opportunity to try LinkedIn Sales Navigator and get a 60-day free trial at linkedin.com forward slash mindcast. That's linkedin.com forward slash mindcast for a 60-day free trial. Let LinkedIn Sales Navigator help you sell like a superstar today. Just go to linkedin.com forward slash mindcast and get started. Welcome to the Millionaire Mindcast, where we broadcast weekly interviews with millionaire minds from across the globe to empower you on your journey of unlocking a rich and fulfilling life. It's time to unleash your millionaire within. Now, here's your host, Maddie A. What's going on, guys? Welcome into today's show. Today is July 18th. I'm your host, Maddie A, as always. Alongside my co-host. What up, guys? Papa Breedwell. Mr. Ryan Breedwell. How we doing, brother? I'm doing good. Just another beautiful day in sunny, hot Northern California. It's been brutal here. Yeah, the past couple of days has been... It was one... 105, 104 at my house. It was 108. I mean, you never know in the car. Sometimes it's running a little hot, but it was 108 yesterday when I was driving back from the pool with the girls and it was... Oh, it's like zaps your energy hot yeah it's too hot people are like oh you have a pool you can swim I'm like yeah but it's like really hot you know it's like, hot when you like don't even want to be air. out in your own pool because it's so hot correct that's how it was i mean it literally was like the sa plus we just got a new puppy so i've been dealing with the puppy Dude. as well miles what a name i love it miles he's a guy how'd you guys land on miles um we it's my wife's birthday next month and she wants a uh, another dog we had a we had two dogs but the second one mr bentley we had to unfortunately put him down because he had cancer he was a little older uh, about two years ago so we had another dog at home just all lonesome mr scout so mr scout and mr miles now are uh are chilling miles the, the new is, duo <clears throat> he's a mini golden doodle he's uh a stout 2.8 pounds right he's now. He's tiny. He's oh, cute. yeah. He like literally fits in the palm of my hand. So I just, we went grocery shopping yesterday. I just flip him upside down. He falls asleep and I just carry him around. That's great. Yeah, it's pretty great. So uh, that's, that was, uh, that's pretty much been taking a lot of my time as of late. And then other than that, um, keeping up on the market. Yeah, we got some updates on the market. We're on Pelosi watch. We got some updates for you. Miss Pelosi throws a million dollar bet. What? Did she throw it at? Stay tuned. We got some more info for you there. Earnings 
Mm-hmm. Mr. Breedle's got some updates on earnings, which is obviously very, very important for the market and really just, I think, kind of the economy as a whole, um, you know, with, with how much is weighted based on, you know, a lot of these companies and how the market reacts to them and then what that does to other sectors of our economy as a whole. We'll be talking about that. We've got some interesting stuff going on in the world with, you know, governments, Sri Lanka, Panama, you know, uprising against their governments. These are, you know, countries that went very aggressive <laughs> towards green yep. policy, um, you know, reflected that inflation. Obviously, this is not just, you know, specific to the United States. Inflation is running rampant across the world with this kind of global agenda and a lot of the challenges globally that people are experiencing. And, um, you know, these smaller governments are starting to kind of pay the price for some poor policymaking and decisions. Uh, Germany, Japan, Turkey, Argentina really mirror very similar to some of the challenges that Sri Lanka and Panama have. What does that mean for the US as well? We'll be talking about that. Oil updates, something very important. Inflation numbers came out this past week at 9.1. And obviously the Biden administration, their quick response to that was, oh, don't worry, Americans, things are actually, those are old outdated numbers and data. Oil and the you know pain at the pump is starting to come back down. We'll get mm-hmm. some insights for you guys on that real estate. Mm. Definitely some things are happening, y'all, and it's happening fast. So I'll give you guys some updated data on real estate here coming up. But if you guys are new to the show, welcome. We talk all things money on this episode each and every week, the markets, world news, a little bit of crypto, and of course, real estate. Uh, If you haven't hit that subscribe button yet, don't forget to hit subscribe, like, Leave us a review if you enjoy this content. All we ask, this is all free. This is all us in our labor of love and passion for just having these kind of conversations. Mm -hmm. You know, taking uh, all the craziness that is, you know, on the left and on the right and trying to make sense of it all and, and ultimately giving you the best, you know, most informative information and just a space to have a collective conversation to help you better understand, you know, what the next right decision might be for you and your money. So if you enjoy the show, all we ask, subscribe, leave us a review. And uh, don't forget to share this with you know friend, family member, anybody else that can get value from it. As always, be sure to text in, say what up to us, 844-447-1555. If you have specific questions you want us to ask or answer, um, you can text them into that. You can just say what up to us. And of course, don't forget to... Um, Take advantage of the free financial x-ray that Ryan and his team do on your investment portfolio, which consists of... Well, essentially just go through all your investments as they currently sit, tell you what you're doing, how much you're getting charged, what we think might be able to improve that. And I'll be able to quantify that normally with a financial plan on a side-by-side. Hey, here's what you were doing. Here's where it might get you. Here's what you can do and where it would get you and look at the benefits of doing so. And there's no cost or obligation to that. Uh, That's something for our Millionaire Mindcast listeners. So it's been very helpful for lots and lots and lots of people. Um, the one thing that I, like I said, the main thing that we see is that people as a generalization think they have something that they may or may not have or think something is something that it isn't. Um, and so that's a really good way to kind of figure that out. And like I said, there's no cost or obligation to do it. Get you a full financial plan. It's about a thousand dollar value. 
It's an awesome deal. Um, if anybody wants to take advantage of that, just text the word X-ray to 844-447-1555. I'll be happy to connect with you. So we've uh, also got an exciting opportunity coming up here for you guys to come hang out with us. Mm-hmm. Um, not only come hang out with us, like we're not going to just sit in like some little boring room and, no. and talk. We're going to be in Napa Valley and we're doing our first wine and wealth building event in Napa, uh, September 22nd. Mark your calendars. Um, this is going to be uh, a wine tasting event at some of Ryan's favorite wineries. And these are, I've been there with them. These are phenomenal wineries with amazing wine, with unreal properties that we're going to have access to. And really, we're going to be just networking, peer-to-peer, you know, connecting, talking business, talking wealth building, you know, really doing some uh, dot connecting in terms of strategy and overall investing, especially right now with, you know, quote unquote, this recession that we are in and where we're headed, you know, now is the time to really get around the people that are being proactive in their planning, that are executing. And, you know, these are the times that ultimately some amazing wealth transfers and life-changing opportunities present themselves. Yep. And you want to, we want you to take advantage of that. Somebody's going to take advantage of that. And it might as well be you, someone with good purpose, intention, and goals. And we're going to be doing some more of these events coming up here in the future. But this is the first one that we're going to do that's more meetup style. Um, So if you want more details on that, we're going to be releasing those. This is going to be an invite only. Um, So definitely get your name on the list. Uh, It's going to be a very small nominal cost, basically just for the tastings and um, some of the things that we're going to be doing. Yeah, transportation, tasting, and then I'll put it this way. You couldn't spend that amount of money and do what you were going to do if you tried. Yeah. So it'll be well worth worth the nominal amount of money that it'll be. And it is very small and limited. So I would recommend... Yeah, we want this to be... The first first of anything is always, some, in my opinion, the best because mm-hmm. they're the most organic. No you expectations. Know, they're, they're not as commercialized. They're not as structured. They're not... A, but that's where the beauty is, right? It's just very organic, free-flowing. And so this is going to be um, our first you know, wine and wealth building meetup. In Napa, September 22nd, more details to come out. If you want to know what that, get your name on the list and know what that information is going to consist of, text the word Napa, Napa to 844-447-1555. And we're going to be putting out some more details here within the next week. Um, That being said, also the tour of Tahoe Mastermind. This is going to be a three-night, four-day, more intimate you know, experiential based mastermind learning event um, up in Lake Tahoe. This one is going to be, I'm, I'm going all out for you guys on this one. So um, those dates are going to be uh, October 18th to the 21st. If you want to get your name on the list, this is not a beginner's type of event. This is mm-hmm. going to be more for your established professionals, high net worth mm-hmm. individuals. Um, and that's going to be October 18th to the 21st. Text the word Tahoe. To 844-447. If you want to come to both, we want you at both. Right. Yeah. So with that being said, what the hell is going on right now in the global economy? What are you guys seeing? Are there any concerns about what's happening in Europe? Russia's talking about shutting down oil production to Germany. We're seeing, you know, 
firewood getting uh, halted in terms of export. The energy for a lot of European com- countries is starting to become pretty rocky. We're seeing Sri Lanka and Panama and concerns with Germany and Japan and Turkey and Argentina and a lot of what's going on over there. Does that have any implications? Should we be worried? <laughs> As he takes a long sip of his coffee. <sighs> I mean, I can sip my coffee really quick for that As one. in you don't give two um, shits about what's going on over there? There's a lot of uh, geopolitical risk always. That's why that word exists, geopolitical. Mm-hmm. Um, luckily, with the gas thing minus prices, and this is Russia to Europe, um, one, that's why you don't become so energy dependent on uh, a foreign entity and why it's you know so important that we have domestic energy production in the U.S. Second, it, it has little effect, at least on us as a whole, minus obviously, like I said, there'll be costs and prices. If there's transportation uh, happening over in Europe that uses natural gas, that's going to be affected. <clears throat> People mostly cook, though, and heat their homes with natural gas. So that's less of an issue, minus that we're moving into winter. That's why it's kind of a flex mm-hmm. um, because... One thing that is like a basic human right is heat. I remember like being talking to a, uh, uh, you know, heater AC unit guy, and they're like, "It's not an emergency if your AC doesn't work, but it's technically an emergency if your heater doesn't." Interesting. They're like, "It's easier to cool yourself down than it is heat yourself up." Mm. So uh, that's a that's an issue for them over there. I'm sure that'll get itself figured out. Um, the thing that I do know that's happening is there's a multitude of other countries that are talking that are currently laying out plans for a new pipeline system so they can completely cut Russia out. So while Russia is threatening to shut off that pipeline, the countries that use that pipeline are actively looking at how to completely get rid of it anyway. Um, so that's just going to be kind of a brunt and something that's going to come to a head and have to be dealt with. Um, and when a Band-Aid hits a hairy leg, it does have to come off. So that's just kind of that situation. Um, I don't know what's going to happen. I respectfully don't care what's going to happen there. Things I'm more uh, focused on are um, I'm tracking oil prices. I'm tracking uh, inflationary uh, numbers and stuff like that. And I was off on the CPI core print came out higher than I was expecting. It came out, I think, on a 70 basis point print. Uh, when I was expecting a 60, but the uh, PPI, producer price index, which is how much companies are paying for the materials to make the goods, I was way over on that by 20 basis points. So where, and this is where it's it's fine not to be perfect. Nobody's perfect. It's just you got to make educated guesses and that's what we do. Um, headline inflation is going to still be high. And I told everybody, i I. I really think that that's a a shaking of the left hand to punch your ass out with the right. Mm. Headline inflation does not matter as much as people make it out to be. I'd be saying the same thing if core was printing higher and CPI was trending and headline was trending down. I would be telling people that that's a false narrative, that that's not happening. Historically, core is a hundred times more accurate. Than headline because headline is too volatile because it includes food and energy prices, which are a very volatile commodity, the two most volatile commodities we have. Um, I also think, and then we mentioned this last week, that oil prices have 
though that's a lagging indicator, just so everybody knows, that means that report is from old numbers, not current numbers. Um, I don't think oil prices have caught up to where they currently are, and they haven't because if you go look at the June prices, we're still you know trickling over over hundred dollars a barrel, and as I talked today, we're at about ninety five dollars a barrel. And if you look at the um, charting on oil uh, on a fifteen minute uh, or yeah fifteen minute candles, um, we have a descending wedge, meaning it keeps hitting a high and then going to a new low, and then recovering that low to another, almost getting it to a new high and then going back to another new low. That means that we're, there's upward pressure and that, that stock or that commodity or that index or whatever you're tracking should moderate down for the time being. Mm. Um, there should definitely be little pops here and there, but I am seeing oil potentially go to between $75 and $85 a barrel here towards the end of quarter three into quarter four. Um, hopefully... That's really good for inflation as a whole as well because it calms down the pressures on oh, yeah. consumers and then consumers can spend money elsewhere and that money elsewhere also helps bolster other areas of the economy. Well, and fuel is just tied into it's practically everything, everything I mean, literally, we do, right? It, the, the problem is people don't understand that and they, they think like, oh, gas is expensive, so I'm getting fucked at the pump, which is true. But... You are, and so are all the companies shipping you stuff yep. or flying it, things to you. I mean, I went to... We, we literally every... The, it, it's woven into the fabric of all society. I overnighted a book that normally costs like $13. It cost me $77 to overnight it. And I have you, my shipping account through FedEx is like lit. I'm on like the highest discount. <laughs> you on that enterprise, boy. Oh, I'm like, I got to be below, I'm at like low-end corporate gangster level. We're shipping so much stuff. My overnight rate is nuts. It's almost 80% off. So I can't imagine crazy freight, like how much freight is costing. We don't do anything on a train. So I don't know about how much trains are, but trains run on straight fuel. Mm-hmm. A lot of times diesel and diesel is the most expensive. So um, energy prices are, are a little crazy, but that's also, they're so volatile in the short term. If we just look back to the beginning of February, so we're in July, February is where we're kind of seeing oil prices go back to. So it wasn't so long ago that we were there, just like it wasn't so long ago we were at $130 a barrel. Yep. That's why I, I'm preaching that if you are a prudent investor, you would not track headline CPI. I would also be very wary of whatever news media harps on the hardest because it's likely the full of the most bullshit. Um, core CPI and core PPI is what I am tracking. Because- and, the, and the market baked. I mean, those numbers came out. What happened in the market? Popped. Um, even with higher um, CPI. Because I think people know that on the next report that's coming out at the end of this month or beginning of next month, I think it's end of this month. They're placing their bets that it's going to continue trending in the downward direction. Correct. And what that's going to do is it's going to bolster consumer sentiment, which was also, we got the missionary, uh, the Michigan missionary. Sorry, guys. Dang, bro. We got the Michigan. <laughs> What'd you do this weekend? <laughs> uh, sorry. I got a, we got the Michigan uh, preliminary sentiment. Um, last week and it was way higher than expected. And that's a, a taste test for what we should expect. So um, 
I'm sticking to my guns that I said back in March, April, that I told everybody that I believe that Q3, around Q3, November-ish time, you know, end of Q3, beginning of Q4, somewhere in that ballpark, we should start seeing a, um, a reversal, a trend reversal, some sort of bottoming signals. Those little lights are starting to uh, flash. Um, we're not out of it yet. It's still a great time to buy. Um, shout out to all of my clients and listeners on the show. We've had a lot of people call in. I think the difference between advisors like myself that uh, educate their clients on how the market works and don't sell performance, deal with a lot of different phone calls and market downturns. Um, most of my clients are calling me to increase contributions because they understand. Um, I've had you're doing a good job. Well, it means I'm doing a good job on educating people. Right. Because the, the, my job is to just purely educate you on how to get wealthy. And then what I do with the money long term is, you know, make you wealthy. But the biggest, biggest thing you, you can do to hurt your wealth is trying to get in and out of the stock market. Well, we, I think I, 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 it was maybe, I don't know, four or five episodes ago, we did a breakdown, right? If you were to have sold out at a certain time and then rebought back in and you were playing this game of, right? Like, oh, it's going to drop more and oh, like time in the market, right? Treating it like a slot. And ultimately, you and I were talking about this earlier before we started the show here today. If you would have just stayed in, I mean... It was rocky for a while. We've yes. been we talked about this turbulent, you know, ride for uh, a handful of months, and there obviously was and still has been a pretty good dip in you know people's accounts. And if you would have stayed through to today, you fully recovered all the dip in June. Technically, the market dip in June has already been recaptured and fully recovered. Correct. We're, we're above that. Though. As of today. <clears throat> As if I'm tracking, I'm talking about the yep. S&P 500. Yep. Um, you could have, obviously, overweight or underweight in certain securities in your individual stock portfolio that could make that better or worse. But I'm talking about the market as a general whole. Yep. And that's, that's why I, I like tell people that's 30 days. Somebody who had a million, that's like 5%. Right, five percent down, five percent up. Somebody who had a million dollars that tries to time the market has nine hundred fifty thousand, and somebody else has a million and ten thousand. They got in at the same time, and all it is is the one person didn't try to time the market. You cannot do it. It's not possible. There's too many factors. Fucking Nancy Pelosi's ass only gets it right because she's got so much insider trading information, and I, you know. If you don't believe that, I mean, she's beating every hedge fund manager in the freaking world. I mean, including us. I, so I'm just telling you, it's it's as plain as day. There's four senators, all, sadly, two Republican and two Democrat, that are beating on average the top hedge fund managers in the world. And how are that. they doing it? Being part-time investors? Oh, I fucking wonder how. Fancy that. Jesus Christ. It's almost like if you take a shit and wipe your ass and you got shit in your fingernails, you're like, I wonder how that happened. (laughs) It's just the most obvious thing in the whole entire world. So excuse me for getting off on a tangent. But speaking of Pelosi, she threw a million-dollar bet. She did. And I told people months ago, she took out long-term leaps contracts, leap, uh, long-term calls. When you call by calls in a position, you purchase a stock price at a lower value, hoping that it will go up. And then if you exercise that call option, 
you get to lock in the lower value and then the spread between the lower value and the higher value is paid out to you. That's a pretty bold move. It's a very bold move. That's options. That's why you can make a mm-hmm. lot of money on options. You can also So you lose better everything. have a very aggressive stance and confidence in your position. She mostly does options. I know. She barely does stock. Now I will say this. She did recently close out her Nvidia stock position and then reopen it back up. So, so they she, got out, they, they made a shitload of money on two other positions and then lost on her NVIDIA position, but made so much money on other ones, essentially a break even. And now she's taken out another options position and she still holds the call contract on the S&P for September. Huh. Fancy that. Hmm. It's, and what does NVIDIA do? Chip maker. And that's because the CHIPS uh, Act is on deck and essentially CHIPS, CHIPS Act, um, it is to help us get more domestic semiconductor production going in the United States. Not just us, but the world is very worried with the rhetoric between China and Taiwan. And the main producer for the world economy for semiconductors is Taiwan Semiconductor. They hold about a 60% uh, piece of the semiconductor market. So Which perfect. is very dangerous when all of our 100%. eggs, well, pretty much every piece of technology that creates the Everything. functionality of life, business, the world as a whole, 60% of that responsibility is in Taiwan. Correct. And, and, they, and they China just, yeah. has its little thumb, you know, that they're hovering over Taiwan. And ultimately, this... It, it's it is somewhat of a cold war type of dynamic, right? Yeah. Where you want to play with us, we'll go and do this. But now, right, this Chips Act and why it's so important, and you know, just kind of circ- creating full circle back to Pelosi is she she's betting on the Chips Act oh, getting it'll, approved. It will get approved, and she is betting on the fact that Mainly Nvidia is going to get a good chunk and a good bite out of that apple. And Nvidia, AMD, IBM. Intel. Which this is, again, good for us. Yes. U.S. as a whole. Bringing manufacturing, building plants, creating subsidies for companies to go out and create more production of these types of, you know, technologies and, and, you know, semiconductors. But it's just always funny, right? Pelosi Watch, our girl, she's making some bets. And her track record says when she does that, she's generally... She's been pretty right. She's been pretty good. Yeah, she's been pretty good. You can you got to give a tip of the hat where it's due. I mean, she's been pretty spot on. And it's when you get in those back rooms and you can buy individual stocks and options. I mean, you can make a fortune. So, so we're not not giving it, you know, investing or financial advice, but always something we like to pay attention to. Correct. Now, in terms of inflation, things trending in the right direction, I want to give you guys... This is uh, as of last Friday, so I think what July fifteenth. Bloomberg Finance out of Deutsche Bank um, released a pretty solid chart of commodity performances ranked by their decline from the peak over the last two years. And as we know, you know, lumber, nickel, iron, wheat, silver, copper, platinum, you know, gas sugar, soybeans, you know, keep going down the list, but many of these being 
larger, you know, commodity categories that impact what you pay um, in many different functions has skyrocketed. And as of this last week, again, inflation, 9.1% high. But the argument that Bloomberg put out was, hey, we understand. And here's what we're seeing in terms of these things actually trending in the right direction going downward. Mm -hmm. Lumber from its peak as of last Friday, down 62%. Nickel from its peak, down 56%. Iron ore, down 51% from its peak. Wheat, down 44%. Silver, down 36 Copper, down 35 Gold is down a ton too. Gold is down, down 16%. Mm-hmm. Platinum, 35 Uh Natural gas, down 32%. Sugar down eight, soybean down eight. So overall, we're starting to see some positive data come out. And here's, you know, I think something to keep in mind too is the the news, they need something to talk about. Oh, yeah. They can go from hot to cold. I'm telling you, the funniest part about uh, CNBC or MSNBC or whatever the frick it's called, it's one, they would be like, bull run and you know they like change everything like green you know then it's Mm -hmm. like bear market and they have like a freaking screaming bear and it's all red it's 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 entertainment folks that's why i tell people you have to stop making investment decisions off of headline news because if the news is talking about it that means everybody already knows about it and it's old news at that point it's not something you make investment decisions on making a informed decision on how you have a plan, how much risk you're willing to take, what you like to invest in and what you're trying to do, and then sticking to that plan, that is how you make money long-term. Some people are going to make more money than others based on the risk that they take, but that's literally all you have to do. It's not rocket science beyond that. Same with like in um, real estate. I, like I told people, like I mean, real estate could be as simple as if you spent 15 years buying one house per year that cash flowed you $1,000 a month, you would have $15,000 a month in cash flow, which most people could retire on. And you'd have all the equity in those homes too. And you'd mm-hmm. probably buy more houses. But you wouldn't have to you know, work. Yep. If you bought two a year on that same metric, you could do the same thing in six or seven years. Yep. It's really not as hard as people make it out to be. The hard thing to do is getting out of your own way. And then the second thing is doing it and then being patient. Yeah. And not having this, I need to put money in and immediately I need to see extreme rate of return so I feel good, so that I feel like I'm being successful. I don't want to wait. That's the mentality of most people and why most people fail when they start investments. Yep, absolutely. I mean, you just said my retirement plan, right? I created a, a video not long ago, and it got a lot of positive feedback. And it was just my $500,000 a year passive income plan. And it's just buying one property a year for the next 10 years that nets me $50,000 in cash flow. It's really not that hard. No, Especially I mean, when the commercial stuff to multifamily, easier when you do that than if you do SFR, but still. Yeah, I mean, and again, pick the right vehicle, mm-hmm. then pick the right strategy, then pick the right market. And you just reverse engineer your plan. Hey, I want to make $50,000 a year. 
and passive income. Okay, well, what asset class actually produces and has that financial model to give you $50,000 a year? Okay, well, then what markets, you know, and what types of assets have that type of return? Okay, now how do you find those properties? Okay, now how do you finance those properties? Okay, once you get that plan figured out, then it's just, all right, I just need to execute on this one a year. Very simple. You can do one of anything over a 12-month period if you put enough time planning and just execute on it. Yep. Get unemotional about these things Mm -hmm. and get more emotional about what they can do for you and execute. That's the key in all of this is doing this, you know, slow and unsexy things consistently until they get fast and sexy. Correct. And the, the latter part takes a little bit of time. For sure. And it's the compound effect. Like it starts getting faster and faster and sexier and sexier as you get deeper into the game of the consistency. But wealth building is a game of stamina. Yeah. I was you know, saying. all the people that really want to get so excited about getting rich fast because they're looking at somebody that ultimately one either has fake wealth and really isn't rich or they're looking at people that it's taken them a decade of grinding and hustling and persistence and perseverance to actually get that. So go and earn it. Like this shit ain't going to be given to you. And so many people have this entitlement or expectation around how they're going to get wealthy and make money. And it's just, it's, it's a fallacy, you know? And that's why we love to talk about these types of things of going, Hey, you know, the reality is the best shit's made in the crock pot. Like, don't get me wrong. I, I want stuff out of the microwave. I want it quick, but it's not something that ultimately is sustainable, repeatable. And those are the things that never really resonate with the individuals who can't find ways to make real wealth because they can't wrap their head around the fact that this is not some silver bullet or magic blueprint type of get rich, you know, make a ton of money in a short period of time strategy. It's really not rocket science. Are you interested in boosting your income by an extra $50,000 this year? If so, you're going to love what I've got in store for you. I am beyond excited to officially announce an incredible opportunity to join me in my exclusive mastermind, which will include myself and 25 other hand-selected investors who are actively pursuing commercial real estate in 2024 and want to be held accountable to making sure they buy their first or their next commercial real estate investment property that will net them a minimum of $50,000 a year. This mastermind group will not only teach you how to do that, how to find, how to analyze, how to structure and buy these types of commercial real estate investment properties, but you'll also have an opportunity to be a part of an intimate group of high achievers that are going to take your network and your resources to a whole nother level. But here's the catch. Like I mentioned before, this is exclusive. We're only selecting 25 ambitious individuals for our founding members group who are serious and ready to take that next step in their commercial real estate investing journey. So if you are ready to increase your passive income by at least $50,000 in the next year with commercial real estate investing, then this is your moment. These spaces are gonna fill up fast And trust me, this is the one and only time to be a founding member, which comes with some pretty special benefits. So head over to myfirst50k.com and submit your application now. Again, that's myfirst, 
50k.com. You can head over there, check out the program, see everything that it entails, submit your application to join, and I can't wait to connect with you soon. No, I, the easiest way I explain to people is 10% of a thousand is a hundred and 10% of a million is a hundred thousand. Just takes a little time to get to those numbers and your assets to where you don't have to do so great to do great. Yeah. You just have to put your time in yep. in order to get to that point. And the same person that's making 10% of a million started at a thousand. Yeah. They just stuck to it. And and everybody, to your point, forgets that middle ground. It's yeah. almost like that that the time between is gray or 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 foggy, and it shouldn't be. It's just the work that's put in. It's that uh that old picture everybody knows hanging up in the office of the iceberg, where it's like the oh, yeah. point yep. is sticking yep. out, and then a huge amount. Everybody acknowledges the what they can see, and nothing is ever talked about the stuff that they can't see. Yep. So agreed. So. Are we seeing any movement up, down, left, right in crypto that's worth noting? Uh, past week, we had a pretty good um, uptick in the crypto market. Um, Bitcoin is uh, today trading back above 22,000. Again, making it more, making the case more and more that it's just a speculative asset that people are going to speculate in. Um, you know, if the, we get into a new bull market, uh, crypto will go up when the stock market goes up. And people will start, you know, the cult people will start coming out of there. See, McDonald's. I told you so, right? Yeah, they'll take off their McDonald's outfits and they'll start, you know, <laughs> get behind their keyboards and typing again. And they're going to say, oh, look, we told you Bitcoin's going to be the new currency. And all that stuff. It, it, I said it before and I'll say it again. And man, everybody when Bitcoin was at 67,000, my chill ass telling you to sell. And now you're probably sitting back like, damn, that would have probably been a decent idea. Mm-hmm. Um. I, you should speculate if you want to speculate, but that asset is going to be a pure speculation zone until a clear regulation comes down and people know what the heck you can even do with it. Because if you even ask experts what you can do with a Bitcoin, what really can you do with a Bitcoin right now? You can't spend it really anywhere. It's still primarily used for you know illicit transactions. And I see more negative news around Bitcoin than I see about positive news. Same with everything in the crypto space right now. Um, so I'm I'm sticking to my guns on that it's speculative right now and there's nothing more to it besides that. I'm still purchasing my minuscule amounts every month in my small crypto portfolio of the stuff, the stuff that I said that I've had for a while. Where I'm focusing my purchasing is in equities. I'm still buying equities. I'm buying a lot of equities. Um, the same ones that I've told people that I've owned for a long time, I'm still buying those. Um, I have not changed really much of my portfolio composition besides waiting. Uh, that's about it. It's it. This is ha- this is the time to shine. So I'm going to be here in two years looking at my account balance and laughing, and everybody else is going to be scratching their head like, "Man, I got a 19, 20 percent rate of return, but how does this person got a 40, 50, 60 percent? Because we bought it when you sold it. Mm-hmm. That's how. Um, as far as from an inflationary standpoint, uh, last week. Um, a lot to talk about a, a hundred base, basis point rate hike. It could happen. Um, and I think there's a lot more fire under that kettle based on what happened at the last Fed meeting where there was a surprise in the rate hike. Are you predicting 75 or I'm, a full point? I'm still in the 75 camp. Um, I am as well. 
just because of the trend. I was going to say the positive yeah. trend that we've seen. I yeah. think it would, again, I mean, it'd be really aggressive to go one point. 75 was aggressive compared to what everybody 15, was expecting, yeah. you know, previously, right? So I think 75 I think is... they're going to go 75, 25, 25. That would be my guess at the end of the year. That gets us a point and a quarter. Those are soft, pre-already baked in, in my opinion, interest rate hikes. And that would allow the economy to keep demand pressure on, pressure on demand, meaning not letting it get too high, yep. but allowing the economy to still have some 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 juice leg to room it. to run. Yeah. Yep. So that's I, everything that I said at the beginning of the year. I still think we're in a technical recession. Don't be surprised if we have another quick leg down in equities. It, it could happen. Um, it, there's le- That case is less and less realistic at each day that we get these positive moves in the market like today. Yep. That could happen again. But um, I'm starting to see people come out and say, I think we're in a bottom in this. We've probably bottomed out of, you know, uh, B of A is saying that. We have, um, we have Stiefel coming out saying that they think that quarter three is going to be super strong. They're putting oil between seventy and seventy-five dollars a barrel, so mm. below our expectation. I mean, oil is really the, probably the largest domino for how hot the market or how much the market could heat up, right? I mean, that, if that there was mean, one lead domino that was really telling of pressure easing off of inflation and people getting more confidence and more dollars flying back around and oil you know. should be leading that march because it's the one that we feel the quickest and the most yeah and it has the it has the broadest effect yep um in in an easier way to think about it in stormy weather it is the rain the rain does a lot of things but it mainly gets things wet and that's what oil is yep. it's the base layer of this is going to happen and your shipping's gonna get a little cheaper. Right. And going in your car is a little bit more less. I mean, that road trip is now on the table again. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're driving your car a little bit more. So you are filling your tank up more often. Yeah. The the guy that's delivering, you know, all of the food to the store, he's is not more money. He's, you know, and they're not getting charged as much. And yeah, you it, know. But the, people have more money to spend, guess what they do? They spend it. Yep. So that any dollar that doesn't have to go towards a hard cost and can be left for discretionary spending is positive, excuse me, for our economy because it allows people to spend their money as they see fit. And generally, we can, we can track that based on seasonality of where we are in the market. And then that lets us make investment choices and move our assets. Hey, summer's about to begin. Let's get into transportation, airlines, uh, oils, industrial, stuff like that because oil is going to be used a lot more. Hey, winter is coming around. Let's get into Carrier and mm-hmm. uh, Honeywell and you know stuff like that because we're going to get heating people's houses and there's probably going to be people freaking out because their AC units are going out. They got to get them done. There's places to be in the market at certain times. Um, when, when the market's moving, the yield curve is normalized, that gives us the ability to track that a lot uh, more effectively and, get, and people make more money that way. Now, in conjunction with oil, probably, you know, I don't know, if you would say equal weight in terms of the market response, earnings. Earnings season is here. What are you guys seeing? What's would, going on right now? What's yeah. the overall narrative? I would say earnings and then also uh, treasury yield spreads. Um, I would put those as an equivalent. Okay. So, right now, especially, I don't know. Um, so speak to both of those then right now, I guess. What, what are you guys seeing and what's what's the overall 
feeling around those? So it was a it was a shaky start to earnings because some of the first companies that reported were JP Morgan. Um, mainly JP Morgan was it was expected to be a pretty big miss, and um, they were. I reminded people that. In my opinion, the reason they were such a big miss is because they're mainly an investment bank. So they're very heavily invested into investments like what I do, except they're on the broker-dealer side and I'm on the investment advisory side. They charge transactional fees and they charge loads and commissions and their advisors. They have thousands of them in their banks all around the world, or excuse me, United States, and they make a percentage of their management fees. So they're very heavily invested in that. And when the stock market goes down like it has and people are invested and they're your clients, a lot of people are going to put money into or keep their money invested and you're going to make less of those fees based on that. And also your intake on deposits is going to go down quite a bit. So that, in my opinion, I'm not shocked that JP Morgan's making terrible uh, returns. This is why it's so nice to have multiple, you know, banks in a sector because then we look at the opposite end of the spectrum to like Citigroup. They're mainly a digital bank. They have the coffee shops. They're a little more modern. They focus on credit. They're like Discover yeah. very much. Yeah. They had a holy crap good earnings mm. because what are people going to put their money into when they sell? Cash. Yep. And what do banks like that make a lot of money on? Cash yep. and credit card transactions. So there's it's not like there's not... That's why I told people there's, you know, one day doesn't decide the stock market. One huge company in a sector does not decide the, that sector as a whole. And there's a bull market somewhere always. Just because JP Morgan's not ripping it down and normally they would smoke Citigroup on returns because they're so much bigger. Citigroup is absolutely shitting on JP Morgan for how much money that they're going to make versus a bank that's 15, 20 times their size. They're going to make more revenue than them this year. That's crazy, right? That is crazy. Um, that's the first thing we're seeing. Second, today, Goldman Sachs uh, reports, another bank, they're a little more diversified. They have equity exposure, private equity exposure. They're very big on commercial lending. They're very big on investments as a whole, but they do a lot of alternatives. They blew past estimates. They did wonderful as well today. Another Citigroup story. Um, that's starting to paint the way that, hey, Crap, third time in a row, we've said earnings are going to be terrible. Q1, they were supposed to be terrible. They were good. Oh, well, you know what? They'll be bad in quarter two because they just haven't caught up from quarter one yet. Uh, quarter two is good. Oh, well. And that's where I told you, we were having this conversation a few months ago. Hey, earnings are coming out really good and the market's going down. That means we're going to have, that means we obviously have rotation going on. People are, their rhetoric then, oh yeah, well, it's just because inflationary numbers haven't caught up and unemployment hasn't caught up. You're running out of gas if you can't catch up to what I'm what I'm getting to. Here we are in Q3. Now you're going to have another batch of companies that are reporting above better earnings. In my opinion, they will. And there's certain ones that aren't. Um, and that's going to be a, a chin scratcher. Uh, we have, I believe, tomorrow. We have uh, after the bell on uh, Tuesday, we got Netflix. I think on Wednesday, we have uh, Tesla. And then I also think on Friday, there's Twitter. I would expect Tesla to potentially have some positive numbers to, to uh, say. I would expect Netflix to probably not have some positive numbers to say, considering that they just added a commercial-based model because they're losing so many subscribers. That whole go woke, go broke type deal. Um, and then you have uh, Twitter. 
which they're going to report earnings in the midst of this whole Elon Musk mm-hmm. and, and thing. And I don't know really how I feel about that because they had like such a choppy month, like they had that influx of investors and they dumped off and now the court case is back on. So yep. people, I don't know. I'm not super ha- you know, hot or heavy on any of those names. Um, but my point being is I think we're going to see a trend of what we've been seeing where this is why you don't bet against the US consumer and consistently and historically, we always see this trend happen. The naysayers naysay, and they completely get blindsided by the veracity of the US economy and the US consumer. Unfortunately, we consume so much, it's literally almost impossible to stop us from consuming. We will find a way to consume stressed alcohol and tobacco and gambling, not stressed, Keep those still ripping and roaring and up travel, gas, and spending on a... You cannot stop the U.S. consumer. We will spend ourselves into a grave if we want to or have to, but we will do it. So it's very, very, very unsmart to bet against that. And I'm, we're starting to see that take place. And I'm keeping my, my irons in the fire for a November turnaround, if not sooner. I could totally be wrong and we could blow by past November and nothing could happen. But there's a lot more people starting to come over into my camp space than there were two or three months ago. Mm -hmm. And I've been saying it consistently since February, March, even through this market drop, which is what my job is for you guys to be consistent. I am not the news. I'm not news media. I am Ryan Breedwell and I'm an investment advisor. I see these things. Historically, I'm more right than wrong. I am wrong sometimes. Um... But I believe that we're going to come out of this and everybody who is prudent is going to be patting themselves on the back and going 20-20 hindsight, holy crap. Yep. Um, and then the other people, we're going to get a whole slew of more listeners because all the people who didn't are going to listen to our podcast and wait for the next thing to happen. So both ways are going to be great. We've got some reports coming out this week. On Monday, we've got the National Association of Home Builders, mm-hmm. Home Builder Survey, Builder confidence reports came out previous week, plunges to 55 in June versus, I'm sorry, yeah, 55 in June versus 67 in May. Basically, a lot of housing sales are dropping off cliff. Yeah. yeah and there's price reductions as well. And, and that was supposed to happen. And investors, you know, ultimately, what we saw a lot of as well was, you know, in Q2, it was a peak of investor buyers. What did I say a couple weeks back, guys? Was that the smart money, we're seeing the market shift and shift pretty quickly right now. Smart money is literally putting a pause on buying assets right now. Yes. There's a, just to interject, there's an article floating around that Blackstone is paying 20 or 30% over asking price. Bullshit. No, they're not. They're on, they're on pause. Yeah. They're not buying anything. So if you see that, or if you hear somebody say that, or you hear a realtor tell you that completely not true. Sorry, Matt, go ahead. So what we've seen is this, you know, demand for a lot of the assets get curbed pretty quickly. We're hearing builders say, we're not seeing as many buyers come in. We're not getting as many homes in the contract. We're reducing our prices. We've got inventory up 30% year over year. We've got inventory up 110% since the peak in March. That is more than double. So again, 
statistics, I believe, are always, you know, a very double-edged sword. Easy way of swaying people and making your position heard and the emotions driven by what position you're trying to get people to take. You know, hard numbers are really what's important. But if we're looking at two years ago, inventory is still down 21%. Compared to 2019, inventory is still down almost 50%, 47.6%. Yes, we are seeing absolutely days on market go up, more canceled contracts, more, you know, price reductions. price reductions. We're seeing the cost of money impact the amount of mortgage apps that are getting pulled, mm-hmm. right? And that's another one that we will see this week. On Tuesday, July 19th, we got housing starts. Um, Wednesday, July 20th, we got the Mortgage Bankers Association. We'll release the results for mortgage purchase apps on the index. Uh, existing home sales also come out. The consensus is for 5.4 million down from 5.41. Again, we're not talking drastic changes here, but we are talking about trends, just like we're paying attention to what inflation is doing and how that is putting downward pressure on certain you know, commodities and aspects of the economy. We're also paying attention to what the Fed is doing, trying to fight what's going on in the housing market and the you know, affordability issues and the fact that we don't have supply. And so all of these inner workings of the economy and what policy and you know the Biden admin and what the Fed is doing and then the overall global tie to all of this is at the end of the day, to Ryan's point earlier, a lot of what we're seeing is ultimately the workings of an economic cycle doing what it should be doing at this stage of the economic cycle. Yeah, I feel like there should be like a, a number of realtors index. <laughs> that's going to drop off fast. <laughs> I'm going sh- to tell you right now. I'd say over 50% of mortgage officers and brokers and realtors. same with realtors are going to go bye-bye. Especially if you're focused on residential. And, I, and I, I say that respectfully and I say that with a chuckle as well. Your na- you know, One of the positives is your neighbor will stop trying to sell your fucking house. I have no problem with there being attrition to any industry it's one because of the most it's, aggressive it's, it, in that industry. It's, it's necessary yeah. because ultimately good people should remain in business. People that are not prudent and doing what they should be doing or have real skill or value to bring to a marketplace should get wiped out too. I like That's just me. I mean, that sounds a little maybe cold or ruthless. No. I don't have a problem with if you don't bring value to anything whether it's your relationship at home, as a parent to your kids, to your financial investments, to your workplace, to your industry as a whole, see you later. Yeah, that old saying, I, I shake it off the pot. I really don't have that level of patience or uh, mindset around giving people things that I don't believe they've earned. And that's probably why your girls will be successful... And they're so dang good because that goes through in your parenting too, right? Yeah. It's like, I feel like everybody and everything that affects the world in a bad way, if you go back to it, it's not working hard, not learning how to work through adversity and not learning that a loss is just the next step towards a win. Those are, those three things are huge in your life. Um, And when you have people around that are, other thing is like, 
people that are around to bring value, but only if you bring value to them. Yeah. That Give me like that also meant that also uh mindset is also a little dangerous because then that person is like constantly micromanaging you in the background and making sure you're of value to them and then constantly looking, I don't know, oh, this is an expectation, so I'm gonna jump ship. Mm-hmm. You know, you're they're not loyal. I guess that's what I'm gonna go and say. The fi- give value to people unabashedly and don't expect anything back. And you'll naturally, you're going to, Matt's gone through it. I've gone through it. You'll hit people that are seasonal friends, right? Um, You'll go through that. That's Mm -hmm. part of kind of filtering out who's good and who's bad. But when you find people who are good, they're really good because you've ran them through that fine filter. Value has in any aspect of life or business has a stickiness factor to it that, if you bring value, you will always have a place and you will always have security. Like bringing true, genuine value to anything, anyone that you want to remain in your life or to appreciate and get better is hands down the best way to secure that. Agreed. And so I personally don't have any issues with certain people getting chopped off at the knees because that just should be a humbling experience to show you and reflect to you that you don't bring value to your relationship, to your kids, to mm-hmm. your money, to your business, mm-hmm. to your industry. And you know, I think at the end of the day, the alternative to that is this entitlement, socialistic, you owe me type of mentality, right? And I think that type of mentality... Very dangerous. Very, very dangerous. Uh, we do have... Lost. Unemployment, initial weekly unemployment claims coming out on Thursday, Philly Fed Manufacturing Survey on Thursday as well, and then state uh, employment and unemployment on Friday. I think unemployment is going to continue to either moderate and go sideways or or trend down. Um, Not a huge, huge spike there. And that again, that's another huge positive. I would would also add that that's a catalyst of, of why I'm so bullish on the other side. Like, hey, yes, this is a technical market cycle, but... Look at this, look at this, look at this. So to your point with, yes, real estate is softening, but it's supposed to. And really, are you saying it's softening or are you really saying it's getting back to where it is normal? It's normalizing. Yes. Not, it's not, it's not what I it's keep been. hearing people, it's crashing, crash, crash. And I'm like, man, fear. Remember we always said, we've said this before, fear is the easiest and cheapest thing to sell because it's free and it's and everybody everybody buys it. Yep. Um, stay away from people that push that kind of fear stuff and look to people that push data driven decisions because that ultimately long term serves you best. We will have more updates for you guys in next week's episode. Don't forget to stay engaged. Hit that subscribe button if you enjoy the show. Please leave us a five star review. It means the world to us. Text us at 844-447-1555. If you've got a question, you want to shout out on the show, you give us a good question. We will dig in on that for you and give our thoughts and feedback, give you a shout out. Don't forget to text the word X-Ray for your free financial portfolio X-Ray from Ryan and his team. Mm -hmm. If you're an accredited investor, you want to get on my deals list, text the word deals for more info on upcoming syndications and offerings that I put out to Mm -hmm. my high net worth and accredited investors, as well as if you want more information to join us on our wine and wealth building event, Napa, September 22nd, text the word Napa to that same phone number, the Tour of Tahoe Mastermind, October 18th through the 21st. You can text the word Tahoe to get information on that event as well. 
With that being said, guys, we love and appreciate y'all. Always do. Keep investing in yourself and your wealth on your march to a million and beyond. We'll see you guys next week's episode. Cheers. Well, that wraps up this week's episode of Wealth Building Wednesday. Be sure to tune in next week for more news and updates. If you got some value from today's show, all we ask is that you either leave a review on whatever podcasting platform you enjoy listening to this content on or share this with somebody that you know can gain some insight, some value from it. One of the things that you guys know about Ryan and I is, you know, we definitely won't say we have all the answers and we definitely won't say we know it all. We just want to bring conversation to the areas, the topics that we believe are really important to bring attention and awareness to, to help you sharpen your ax, put more tools on your tool belt, weaponize you to make the best decisions that align not only with your financial goals, right, but your lifestyle goals. So if you guys want to take advantage of Ryan's free financial x-ray on your investment portfolio, all you have to do is text the word x-ray to 844-447-1555. Most people have no idea what they're being charged from a fee perspective or really in most cases overcharged and whether or not their current investment plan is actually aligned with what they're trying to accomplish and by when. And this is something Ryan does for all of our listeners for free. So be sure to take them up on that x-ray, one word, 844-447-1555. Also, if you are someone who is serious about building your wealth and you're already kind of established, but you want to surround yourself with other like-minded, high net worth individuals, be sure to text WEALTHCAMP, one word, to 844-447-1555 to learn more about our intimate five-star experiences with other like-minded business owners and investors to cross-pollinate, to hear what they're doing, and to have a whole, a whole hell of a lot of fun while we're doing it. And last, if you want to know more about consulting or getting mentorship directly from me or from Ryan, you can learn more by texting the word MENTOR to 844-447-1555. With that being said, that's all for this week. Until next Keep investing in yourself and your wealth on your March to a million and beyond. Cheers, my friends.